All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. What's up, what's up, what's up, y'all? This is Questlove. Welcome to another Questlove Supreme. As you know, we're doing these special episodes in which each Team Supreme member interviews a person they're passionate about. Uh, Sugar Steve sort of kicked it off with a two-part, incredible two-part conversation with one of his musical heroes, Elvis Costello, uh, that we did at Electric Lady Studios. And uh, Chorus Fonte began his special solo session uh, with singer-songwriter Eric Roberson. And these men are friends. Uh, They made an album together. And it's an excellent look into the lives of two artists. And if you haven't heard part one, please check it out, because this is part two from Fonte and Eric Ticolero, only on Questlove Supreme. All right, y'all, enjoy it. What was the record for you that, as an independent artist, you know, because you have you have your moments, so you have some records that like will go all the way off, and then you have some to just be like, all right, this did cool. What was the record for you that, like, kind of was the one where you was like, okay, I think I got it? Because I can tell you what it was for me as a fan, but I don't know what it was like for you on the business side. Um, for me, it was left. And I ain't even saying that just because I was on it. But, like, yeah. left, I mean, I I got uh, Vault 1.5. That was the first record I ever bought of yours. Gotcha. I actually got that one before I got Esoteric. I was in um, I was in Chicago. We was on a Little Brother. um, We was on a Little Brother tour stop. And we went to, it was that Virgin Mega store that used to be uh, in Chicago. Like, yeah. that, that big Virgin Mega store. And, um... I just saw you. I just saw your joint, Eric Robeson, and I knew you from the Jazzy Jeff album. Mm. And so I was like, I was like, oh, he got an album. I was like, oh, I I caught this, and I bought that, and I played. You know, the first record, you know, is you know, is she couldn't hear me over the music, and I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> and like, I ran that whole record. That record got me through that tour. You know what I'm saying? And so that was the first one. And then when I saw that one. And I saw it was produced by Redhead Kingpin. I was like, Redhead Kingpin. what? Like, how did that <laughs> come, come about? Monster. First of all, Redhead, one of the most talented producers, visionaries I've ever even been in a room with, right? And I'm honored that I that, that we that he even allowed me to do that song with him. 
I, but I would tell you Couldn't Hear Me Over The Music was probably the song that probably like changed everything. And then from mm. there it was able to grow, right? So gotcha. you know, here everyone's like, Eric, that's Eric Robertson, the songwriter. And truth be told, even before that, like when I was doing songs off of Esoteric and off of like when I was doing the Vault album, a lot of mm. the times playing when I played the songs or when people heard the songs, they were like, can we buy them? So, wow. so that was so the left gotcha. the, the vault was was a heavy draw the line in the sand. I'm not selling these songs. Like it was like, mm-hmm. you know, and um and truth be told, no, so it's vault volume one point five. Why is it that? Because volume one had hold on, which eventually went to Dwelle. Went to Dwelle, um, yeah. Yo, yeah, I wanted to ask you too. Yeah, like so that because I love that fucking song. Dwayne Bassiani, the Dwayne producer. Bassiani, yeah. What's the what's the deal with him? Like, how did you guys know each other? We're the college together, man. We met Okay. Uh, I was walking into the Drew Hall at Howard University freshman year with a keyboard under my arm. He was like, yo, you do music? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I do too. And he, he came to my room and I think he was my roommate freshman year. <laughs> like, it was just like, <laughs> I had this little small room by the size of this chair I'm sitting in. And it's like, everybody saw me walk into that, that dorm room with a keyboard and like some little minuscule equipment. And it was like, mm. oh, what's on and popping in this room? Like, it, it my room was never empty. People would just work on music. And, and guess what? It's an honor that there's still a lot of Dwayne Bastiani's on my new album that we just yeah. put out. And, yes, you know, with Jermaine Mobley and, you know, so many, so many brothers, Tracy Lee, so many cats I met mm-hmm. when I got there and just started bonding with that we still do, do music, you know, to this day. Um, but yeah, the, the, that was, that was just right, right with homies. But the first album, eventually had to be changed because yeah i was heavy into songwriting carl thomas i wrote rebound was on rebound it was on the second call so it was like okay let's change this up (laughs) 1.5 and then from this point on like this all mine this this is this is it now i'm not selling anything you're not gonna hear no problems no whatever whatever um i think volume one had one time with with jill scott on it and stuff like Mm. that so it was like so the boom but then was previous was previous cats was that on the vault no, one no, or was that okay no previous cats was i never i had never released it previous cats i had just played for i wrote it in college with jermaine mobley but i had played it for music just a demo of it and mm-hmm. interesting enough before he ever had a record deal and he was like oh, i want that for my second album i was like wow like what you know you ain't even signed on your first album yet like <laughs> he gets signed and it was like yo remember that previous cat no no that's my second album all right, cool, man. Shoot your shot. He puts the album out. Of course, he comes music soul child. It goes off. Uh-huh. And then, and then sure enough, he called me like, hey, yo, I'm starting my second album. Yo, you still got that previous cat song? And I was like, yo, you different, man. <laughs> you, <laughs> you different. I was like, yeah, and we recorded. But I, I don't know why I never put that song, because me and Jermaine probably worked on a lot of records. He's on that, mm-hmm. he's on that Vault album. But for some reason, uh, I think, you know what, real talk, by the time I'm starting to release the records, and I think that's just the songwriter in me. Like, once music said, I like that song, even if I wanted it on my second album, I was like, this is for music now. I like probably, uh-huh. I probably never even considered it for myself, which is probably why it was not on the Vault record. Or nah, I'm, record. nah it's, it's funny you say that. I'm, I'm the exact same way. Like, for me, yeah. if someone is speaking for it, like, our mentality in our camp is that there's always another song. So yeah. If someone, if we write something and they like, yo, I want it, it's like, all right, cool, it's yours. And we'll just yeah. sit it. It's whenever you're ready for it, because we can always make something else. So the Vault 1.5, that was, you know, you say that was the one that kind of, you know, that was kind of lining the sand. 
and then left for me, that was the moment when I saw, because, you know, I was, I mean, I was just a fan. So when you hit me that night, uh, when you came to Jersey, we went to your crib. I was just like, all right, I'm just kicking it with one of the homies. Like I, I, I was not aware. I mean, I knew your catalog. I knew like your writing and stuff, but you know, I'm just like, man, I'm just kicking it. This, this big bro, I'm just kicking it. Yeah. But when left came out and when I saw the response that like Ben and love got, and I saw it was people hit me like, yo, you, I heard you on Arrow, Eric Robeson new album. And I was like, oh, like this dude, like, oh, wow. Like he got people like really out here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. That was, that was just, that was from my experience. That was, you know, from my vantage point, when that record came out, I just saw, you know, just the people that were hitting me. I mean, it was, it, it, it really put a lot of eyes on me that I, I did not expect at all. Well, probably vice versa. I think, you know, our relationship just in general, every time we did a song, I think it, it, it oh it definitely boosted me and if it if it boosted you that'd be great nah, it did well, it did you know I think left everything was a growing lesson you know right after that we did music fan first and then we get that's when we started mm-hmm. getting nominated for Grammys and stuff like that so Bro, like we and we, and we have to note because all our listeners uh, yeah Arrow and I have the honor of losing <laughs> the same Grammy right, to Indy right. right thank you India thank you for <laughs> thank, thank you. you for submitting your song. And uh, beating out <laughs> me and both my asses to the crib. Yes. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, so, so you know, it was just different. Everything was just different levels. It was like it was constantly growing. It was just like you know, for me. And 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 I'll be honest with you. I mean, I I probably kept my head down and just worked so much. I probably didn't spend much time like acknowledging the groundwork that was being laid and like how much things were moving. You know, mm-hmm. I just remember being a struggling artist and then one day not struggling. One day, like you know. Man. We talk. I remember. I remember us having that conversation during Tigalero, where it's just like, yeah. listen, man, I'm finally at a point in my life where I'm making the music I want to make, and I'm not fucking broke. Yeah, yeah. Like that's. I mean, that's it. You know, hey, it. whatever you get on top of that is gravy. You know what I mean? But I, I remember. I certainly remember those conversations when, um, when you did. Uh, it was it was music fan first. The box album. I want to specifically ask you about that one. You did a record which is like in still like one of my top five arrow records. It might be top three. I don't know. But wow. your record with the Just Imagine with King. Whew. Oh my God. I was so yes. mad when I heard that record. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. Please talk about uh Paris and Amber. Um man, I just love them to death. And uh, you know, we've all been longtime supporters of them. Yeah. But we know I want to make sure I say it on this platform too, because it's very important. It's something I've been talking about, um, especially with my, with my students. So, you know, I teach at Berkeley College of Music mm-hmm. in Boston, and and one of the things I learned when I got there was like how how many female musicians or female artists have been talked out of their greatness, Man. out of ignorance of men, out of ignorance of just surroundings of just like the fact that like that we should be shocked that a female could make a dope beat, mm-hmm. right? Like how insulting, <laughs> right? Like, yo, you made right. that beat? Like, yo, you a female, you made a beat like that? It's almost kind of like, you know, it's the ignorant statements that we can- it's Like he speaks so well or some shit. It's like- right. You speak it's, so well as a black person. Like, well, what do you mean by right. that? You know, so so, so like I, I'm I'm really dedicated to try to change that character, that the situation. But let's say even before I learned of the ignorance, I was always one, if you dope, you dope. Right. Period. And yeah. male, female. Period. So if you look yeah. at look at the history of my work, whether who's been on stage with me, who I've done songs with, whatever, whatever. If you dope, you dope. Whether you a female, male, whatever, right? 
I was in L.A. Just my my wife had got tickets with her girlfriend to go see Oprah's last you know, her, her last show or whatever. Mm-hmm. She was in L.A. And they got tickets to L.A. So we had just had my first son. I'm in L.A. We had a, some Mexican restaurant. I'm really there just babysitting. I got my kid and my my wife. And this young lady walks up and goes, um, can can I take a picture? You know, I, I, I'm i a big fan of your music. I'm like, no problem. Yeah, sure. So we take a picture. And then while we're taking the picture, she says, you know, I just did an album with one my sister and a good friend of mine. And I produced it and mixed it. And I was like, I was like, oh, word. Okay, cool. I said, can I buy it? Can I buy it from you right now? She's like, no, I'll give mm-hmm. it to you. No, no, no. I'm going to buy it from you. And she gave me something. I gave her a $20 bill and she gave me it. And then I noticed it was only three songs. And I said, damn, I just paid $20 for three songs, right? <laughs> but I was like, it's all good. It's all love, it, right? Dude, that's some track source prices, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I was like, cool. So, but but just in just basic, I was like, I was like, all right, what's your name? This said, she said, her name's Paris. And I was like, all right, cool. And the group's name King. I was like, all right, cool. This is great. And yo, listen, my information, this, that, this, that, just, just sewing into it. Like, yo, this seems mm-hmm. dope. Pre- that, like the other album cover, whatever. We get in the car and the first song has this like drum beat intro. And I remember this one, whatever it did. And I paused it. Exactly. When that part even came in, I stopped it. My wife would tell you, I looked at it, I said, this is about to be incredible. Just off the drum <laughs> intro, ticket I stopped it. I was like, "Get ready," because I just realized this is something different here. This is, I said, "This is about to be incredible." So we press play, and I mean, I could not stop listening to this music for like, I, it was just the soundtrack for whatever. So I call her back, like, "Oh my God, who are this? Is incredible!" And then I remember. Prince calls and Erica Badu calls and like mm-hmm. the, and she, I remember like just hearing her going, mm-hmm. "Oh my God, these, we getting these calls!" And then boom, now we all know King as as King, and it's an honor to. I called her and was like, "Yo, I want you to produce a song for on my album. Like, I want you to produce not not because you have dope female, not whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. You because know, you dope. Period. Period. And, and listen, and, um, and I want y'all on it. Like, I want I want y'all on it." And I think the world knows King clearly now, but I was I was honored to be like, yo, everybody, this is King. Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, I want y'all to to shine some light on this and I want to write a check to this young lady let's who, talk who about was, it. Who's wearing this hat as a producer on my record. Like, you know, I was like, let's 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 really do it. And um and it came out as a, a killer song, just imagine. As well as I like, keep it really one hundred, it's one of the rare songs on one of my albums that I did not write. Mm-hmm. If not the very mm-hmm. first one. Like like she wrote it, she produced it. It was like, no, like, like, and I it's like it wasn't a statement. It's just, you know, it's dope. It's like, listen, I don't mm-hmm. need to write it. It's it's fire, the track fire. <laughs> I was like, this is I, right. I want this. You know what I mean? So uh and and they just, I mean, she's still like still one of my favorite producers. Oh man, of, yeah. Uh, I, I, I Man, I love them to death. Like, yeah. I was so happy to see them, like, you know, playing with with Coldplay. It was just like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Like, I mean, so, yeah. so happy for them, man. Big ups to King. Yo, what's up? This is Fonte, Fontigolo from Team Supreme. Black representation in media is very important to me. I think it's important to have our stories told by people who look like us and who have shared in our common experiences. Some of my earliest influences were Donnie Simpson. Uh, I would also say Tom Joyner, Angela Stribling, uh, Sherry Carter. They were just people who told our stories with a lot of class and dignity and were big inspirations to me. 
The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Schmurder to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast, The Center Black Voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Varian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. I wanted to talk to you about, uh, go back to Picture Perfect, because I will never forget at that time, it was, you know, kind of going back to the, you know, with the label things happening. That record was about to be out of here. And then what happened? Uh, So we, we, we got distributed through E1 and that's when Shadow was there. Uh, so Shadow was like the main radio and the main reason I think you know we going from music fan first to like alright what? how do we follow up like these, these Grammy nominations that we lose in mm-hmm. the India uh, the second one I lost to CeeLo shout out to CeeLo um, <laughs> and uh, and it was like well why don't we do this situation and at that point you know you did this record with Anthony David and Algebra that joint went mm-hmm. crazy number yeah, one yeah we did the Forevermore record yeah Forevermore and it was like it seemed like a good spot and then it, my, it's just once again my whole thing is like just stay on your path man like just stay on your path keep doing and then so here we go doing this thing because it seems like with the shadow and radio and stuff like that shadow leaves and it just like there was no momentum there was no momentum but mind you even with that 
Picture Perfect was a huge record for me. It was a it was a it was a really impactful moment to me, but it was also a moment where I was like, it really anchored us into like what like we we really don't need these other companies. Like we probably would have made Bruh. Picture Perfect would have probably arguably been bigger if we just did everything ourselves. If it was like just completely a hundred percent ourselves. Like you know, we got we we coming off this thing. And so it was the only time where I technically had muscle, if you want to mm. call that muscle, and it was like it, we actually did less than what I think wow. my my actual team would have done if we if we controlled the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? But it was like I said, it was it was still a I can't get off stage without singing the song. <laughs> oh know? yeah, oh yeah. Nah, you ain't making you it know? out of the building if you don't saying that. It's it's not happening. <laughs> but yet, when you look at like the the album before that, which we which we put everything together for it, you know, we can't get off stage without singing dealing. We can't get off stage singing, you know, mm-hmm. certain things. So it was one of those things where it's like, yo, you doing all right? Like, stay on your stay on your path, <laughs> you know. And uh, you said something not too long ago on on uh, I think you just doing you was talking on IG, and I think you were like, it never goes wrong. Like when, when, when it's like when it's just me doing it. When I like when we oh have yeah you're betting it. on yourself. Yeah. Betting on, it was like it was just like it was just anchoring in. It was like man, you know, I, I'm fine. Like mind you, I always tell everybody, completion is the most important word in the music business. It's like it's right. it's it's it. It's right. the difference between who wins and who loses. Yo, my company at now we are celebrating 21 years now, right? Talk that shit, bro. Yes, yes. And we're we're not celebrating it because we we successfully did everything right. We completed everything we tried. Yeah, and the thing, and let's be clear about something. 21 years, because I want to make this, you know, this, this specification. 21 years as independent R and B artists, like people <laughs> have no idea. You know, like when when Dame Dash, when he was like years, you know, decades ago, when he was like, you know, selling rap is like selling crack, but like selling R&B is like selling coke. It just requires a different, <laughs> you know, when, when he was talking about, you know, the Christian album and why it didn't really yeah. go on Rockefeller. And, you know, and I listen, I've never sold drugs a day in my life, but I understood what he was saying when I got into the business because Holy. I can be, you know, hip hop. Like I'm sitting right here in my hoodie and, and like sweatpants. I can take a selfie right now and be like, this is the cover of my new album. And as long as I'm spitting on it, like no one will care. But R&B, you do not have that liberty. Like the look got to be right. Like R&B is a money game, bro. And to do it for 21 years, I mean, that really is a, is a testament. And I, I I want you to speak to just the, the challenges of that, just so some of our listeners and some, because you know, we have a lot of a lot of artists that listen to the show and kind of tap in just for, you know, for different game. Right. So just talk to them about your, you know, how you're able to make it work without having that, you know, 100000 or whatever to spend on a video or just to be frivolous. You know, how do you well, make that work? I think the difference really comes down to is – the first thing that separates in, in R&B was quality. So the, the first mm-hmm. the first obstacle we had to show was like, yo, this is of the same quality, right? So immediately think Facts. hip-hop independently or, or major is the same. They, it wasn't looked at. Yo, if you can spit, if the beast fire, it's cool. We accept it. With R&B and soul music, if it wasn't a major, it, you for some reason looked at it like this is 
this is less. This is not, not oh, yeah. as much effort was put in. You like, no, no. Because no. you could tell. Yeah, you could tell. Like, you could always see that artists were like, okay, they have a major album, and it's like, okay, this is the major album, but then they get off the major and they put out something they sell, and like the cover looked like fucking clip art. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It sounds like right. It just it's just the presentation is just all the way. It's it's not up to par. You know, I what think I, mean? I think one thing that I've been very fortunate also, and I and I've got to say that is that you know we got Dre and Vidal on records when they're working on Usher and Music and Jill, and they're working on my record. We got Rich Harrison when he's working on Beyonce. But yeah, he's work on my record. You know what I mean? As well as mixed with my brother B Jazz and and you know, just Aaron Harden from my band. There's different people. Yes, just, once again, Aaron, if man. if you're dope, you're dope. I whether you're a super producer, Grammy Award, whatever, or you just a homie I met in a house band in Florida, if you're dope, you're dope. I, I have no problem with working with whoever, right? And but yet at the same time, it has to has to move like that. That whole thing, chasing goosebumps means everything. Like for me, that's the only rule in the studio. Does it give you goosebumps? But that same thing with the album cover, the album cover got to make you go, oh, my God, that's crazy. I wish I thought of that. Or, you know, that's crazy. You know, so the first and man, thing speaking was, of album covers, I just before yeah. I, we cannot forget um man we lost uh, a, a mutual friend uh in the past year in uh oh, fave you know yes. what i'm saying yeah um, fave is uh the brother he did the mr nice guy album cover he um podcaster singer producer fave had a hot sauce like fave, yeah. fave i mean y'all can uh, think i'm a renaissance man Botox. fave was a renaissance man he no, had a bow tie company a bow tie company yeah. no dude was like it's crazy because you know, and it was tough. That was tough losing Fave, and we miss him truly. But he's been a graphic designer for me. And it's crazy because, like, he did the uh, Mr. Nice Guy album cover. Uh, he designed multiple T-shirts. I put out a Christmas card every year, like a growing mm -hmm. Christmas card, an animated Christmas and card. He would do like that. He, he, yeah. He do, right? The pug named Fender. They saw, his, yep. they saw his, yeah. And then, um, but then he also produced a music for me. He's uh, shot photography for. I mean, he's he's worn so many hats. He's been a part of of my team and just well as the the entire movement. He's worn so many hats of like, like I said, whether it was the sauce <laughs> he was cooking with, <laughs> with a bow tie company, you know, and and even that it was like when he made the bow ties, like that was Demo's lane. Demo was the bow tie guy, so uh -huh. out of respect, was like, yo, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass that off to Demo. You rock with that. But the bow ties was killing. Like, so he's worn mm -hmm. so many, so many hats and, you know, this is, this was tough. Like, you know, uh, I, I lost a lot of good friends in, in, during the pandemic that were very intricate to like, what, what we do. And Fave was one of the people, man, where like, you know, this Christmas was this last Christmas was tough because guess what? He yeah. would be making this Christmas card. We've been doing the then, card, yeah. And then as we're going into the album and figuring out how we're going to make the new T-shirts or the graphic, he's the first call. You know, and 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 a, and a big up. You know, I will say this. I make sure I say it because Jarrell was our point person between that. Like Jarrell was always the one who was sitting with Fades and make sure mm -hmm. he, would, my wife, would be happy with how she was drawing or whatever this and that. <laughs> you know, right, right, and, right. Um, and and he really, you know, he really he really lost a partner in that way. But Fave was a, a solid dude, man, and and we try nah, to honor him. Beautiful brother, man. Beautiful yeah, yeah, guy. Like that was my him. man. But he was one. But he was one of the people who, you know, you up you up two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, making slight changes so that when people see it, they see the effort. 
You see the quality. Mm-hmm. And I think it, at the end of the day, it just comes down to that. Like, I want you to put my album next to whoever's album, D'Angelo, Usher, mm-hmm. whoever, Faith, whatever. I, I want you to put it against the best album that year. And whether it's better or not, I'm not here to say it's better. I'm here to say it's going to be of the same quality. Guess what? We it's going to be seamless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With the same mics. We shot it with the same type of photographers. We, we're, we're, we're investing in in our uh and it doesn't have to be that it's a five hundred thousand dollar budget you know guess what we all, all are operating on million dollar budgets whether, whether we got a million dollars or not we all putting <laughs> our best foot forward Tigalero, we putting our best foot forward you know we yeah. keep writing we challenge each other and and i and mean that was so even Tigalero, even that was like the way the cover art and everything it was just I mean, that was because at the time you were, I think yeah. you were on tour or, you know, well, you had, you know, your kids and then I was on tour. So we never had a real photo shoot for that album. We but never had a photo shoot. Nope. But let's find a dope picture. Let's figure out a dope way to put it together mm-hmm. that could that could tell a story. And to this day, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the, it's so, it's like a minimalist, simplistic album, but it's so <laughs> symbolic. And, I, and you ran point more on that one, real talk, but we are from the same place. Like these uh, these album covers tell a story and there's a reason yeah. why this picture is this way or whatever. And Yeah, and that was the thing because I saw the joke. We had the picture and I was like, all right, well, my whole thought was, I'm like, okay, we got these pictures of us live and they did a mock-up of us like singing. You know, it, it was some pictures from our Chicago show at the Shrine, Chicago rest show, in yeah. peace. Um, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? We did the shows at the Shrine and uh, we, uh, brother it took him, I cannot remember his name, please forgive me, but you know, I got some from him and he had them and I was like, all right, this is dope. And we did a couple mock-ups with my man, uh, my man, Chris Charles. And so, but when I showed it, uh, to everyone's independent soul A and R butter and soul bounce, <laughs> right? <What a> yeah, <laughs> you know, shout out, shout out to the buttress and, and red velvet, uh, Susan. But um, I sent her a mock up of it, and she was like, "Yo, this is dope, but it looks like a live album." And I was like, "Oh, nah, mm-hmm. it can't look like that." So that's when I got the idea. I was like, "Okay, if I drop it down where it's just our faces, like covering right. over, it'll look like the King of Rock cover." You know what I'm saying? The Run DMC. And then if we put the the titles on the front with the barcode, that's a call back to Urban Hain Suite. That's well. So it's like exactly. the double. It's like that's, that to me was what Tigalero represent. I'm like, we are two hip hop dudes, like without a doubt, but, you know, also with soul. And it's that shit worked. <laughs> but, but think and, of it. Think of, like I like said, we're taking Run DMC and Maxwell and putting it together. That is Tigalero. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like it was all it was all planned and all well thought out. But that's the talk about like it ain't just no, we ain't just throwing this together. It's putting some effort, time and like a science behind it. And it and it and it makes it makes sense. And every album cover I've seen you do, every song I've seen you do, it's the same effort. And I feel like the same thing we do. Same for you, man. Nah, you, you be kicking my ass. I'll be like, damn, Arrow got another album out. Shit, I got to do oh, something. <laughs> I'm like, man, you got, you did, you came to hear from here. I was like, damn, we, we ain't been in the house for two months. This nigga got an album already. I'm like, damn. Yeah, <laughs> like, look, that's because I, that's I was scared. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> wait, show's getting canceled. I'm not going back to teaching. I'm like, what is happening? I was like, give me that pen real quick. Let me, <laughs> you know, for me, whenever I whenever I feel, I'm, I mean, and I mean that, like, music for me is like my aspirin or whatever. Like, when I, when Fave passed, when Paris Bowens passed, when Chadwick Chadwick Bozeman, Chadwick, yes, man. When any of that stuff, the first thing I did was I 
turn the equipment on, you know, not like, oh, it's just, that's when, when the pandemic started, I turned the equipment on. It's like, for me, my whole view on creativity, my whole view on art, my whole view on all of it is different. And I'm a, I have an album called Music Fan First, and it means I'm the fan of it first. First thing, it's it's the soundtrack to my life. It's what brings me peace. It's what brings me ease. So on my worst day, I'm picking the, picking a pinup. On the worst day, I'm picking a guitar. Worst day. On my best day, I'm doing it as well. So, so yeah, it's not like uh, I'm like I'm racing. I'm making the first pandemic album. It's like no, nah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna beat everybody to the punch. It was just more like so. What mortgages do? <laughs> you know who's sick? Oh my god. Uh, let me just write, and I just started recording. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, I didn't know any any better. It's crazy. I've done two albums during the pandemic, but but it, it I just couldn't stop writing. You know what I mean? I wanted to talk to you uh, when you speak on as well, man. Um, you, you know, I met through you, um, you know, kind of, you know, through you. Anakin and Vader, man. Um, these brothers are just amazing. Shout out uh, to them. Like, those yeah, are my guys, man. Amazing brothers, man. Man, um, and you brought them on to executive produce uh, your new album, uh, Lessons, which is, you know, again, just great record, man. Like, just Thank I can't, you. you know, top to top to bottom, just always consistent. Um, how did you link up with them, and what was the decision to make Lessons kind of the first single? So meeting them goes back a while, and this is a lesson for people just to shoot your shot, right? So, I, you know. Now I got three kids and usually when I do a show now, I'm catching the first thing smoking to get back home. Right. So a lot of times you'll find me at the airport five o'clock in the morning, mm. you know, right after the show, dead dog tired, walking through a, like a zombie. And I was at an airport and I was just trying to stay awake. I remember I was just like trying not to fall asleep. So I was like just scrolling through Instagram, whatever I could do to keep myself occupied. And I saw somebody had tagged me on something. Mm. And it the name was Anakin Invader. And I was like, <laughs> Anakin, did y'all name yourselves at the Star Wars villains? That's the first thing that caught my attention. Mm. Like, 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 as in Darth Vader? As in Anakin? Anakin before? Skywalker, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's interesting. So click. I clicked it because it caught my attention. And it was uh sure enough, it was like Skywalker fighting Darth Vader with like a hip hop beat under it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's dope. Okay. Next one. And then it was like Princess Leia like kissing Han Solo with like a <laughs> And I was like, oh, y'all kind of got that off. I said, that's what y'all doing? And then probably like 10, like I was, I'm, went through their page. I probably spent like 10 minutes on their page. And then I hit them back. I said, yo, you got my attention. What's up? And then mm. like before the plane could take off, I remember like within 10 minutes, like it was like as if they could see that I was looking at their page or whatever. I don't know. But as soon as I said, you got my attention, what's up? A Dropbox link hit, cling. It came right bro, back. They stay ready. <laughs> like Jared, bro, he would hit me. He'd be like, man, I don't want to overwhelm you. Like he would send you a photo with like a hundred joints. In, and it's just like, bro, like those dudes are animals, man. Love those dudes. And I really, I was like, you, wait, did you just send me a Dropbox link? And then before the plane could take off, I like opened the Dropbox link, downloaded it, and I had like five songs written before the plane landed. Like it was just like, wow. who, who are, are y'all? And it's been a great friendship, great partnership since then. We've been working nonstop. And uh, they sent me the Lessons track, which 
got to think at that point, I'm not even, it's not on my radar to make another album. I just did hear from mm-hmm. here. I'm not even like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of good. And we're kind of still in the whole pandemic, but I knew the record was like, this is a special track. This one is killing. And, uh, immediately, immediately I was like, yo, can I have it? Like let me write a check for it, whatever. Like what, what's up with this track? And he was like, yo, my bad. I did send it out just in all transparency. I sent it out to mm-hmm. like another artist first can we like just wait and see what they say first since I just sent it mm-hmm. to them first? I didn't respect it. I was like, no problem. That's no, listen, no problem. And then about three days later, they said, uh, we haven't heard back from them. So if you, if you still want it, shoot your shot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Most definitely still want it. And I'm going down in the studio right now. Like I'm going down and recording <laughs> like before. To before, remove before, all doubt. Yeah, to remove all doubt. <laughs> and, and what happened was, that was interesting though, was when I went down there, now it's like two o'clock in the morning of my anniversary. Right. Mm, and I, I think I if you. I wrote the track, if I wrote to the track the first day they gave it to me, I would wrote a different song. But I think when I went down there, you know, it's, it, it's my anniversary. Okay. Man, we're still in this pandemic. It's crazy. You know, lost a few friends and, yo, me and my kids, everybody healthy parents. You know, just started thinking just that while I'm just loading everything up. It was, I was just mm-hmm. kind of thinking, you know, for me, I'm one who wants to figure out our, who do I want to be in a song and try to define that person as much as possible and then just hit record. That's how, like, if, if, I, if I cut out all the things I don't have to say, there's only things left is this. And then just make it rhyme and that's going to be your song. And that was it. And, and it just happened. I, like, I had a camera set up for something I think I did the day before in the room. And I was like, let's turn this on and let's hit record. God has a funny way of showing. And it was like, after that, it was like, and it was really like, let's transfer this to my phone, post it, go to bed, <laughs> and just go to bed. I wasn't even like thinking nothing of it. And woke up at all. Right. <laughs> and woke up to like, just what is going, what are you doing? What is this? This is crazy. Ah! You know, and it was like, oh, okay, let's, uh, might want to finish this. Let's, we might want to finish this one up. <laughs> I want to get this one done. And I probably went, I probably went, I honestly, and I probably never said this before. I probably went to bed kind of hesitant to post it. Cause I was like, I didn't look at the beautiful beauty of like how transparent it was and how many people could relate to it. I almost was worried a little bit that it was kind of like a jab at like all the ex-girlfriends, which I didn't want it to be. Mm, like everyone who let me okay. down, let me to you. But it is true. I mean, guess what? Every failed record deal, every, everything that happened, in my life had to have happened for me to have the kids to I give have here. Facts. You know what I mean? It wasn't really like a, you know, guess what? I had to do that for you to, for you to be where you at too. And, uh, so, but I kind of, I think that was my last thought of the night was kind of like, maybe tomorrow I'll change that line. Cause that was a little, <laughs> a, little a little heavy, you know, but then it was like, when I woke up the next day and I was like, this is my song. Oh, my song. And I was like, yeah, we're not changing that line. They just got to, yeah. had to eat that one. <laughs> All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. 
I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Varian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Me and you, we was laughing about this the other day on the phone when uh, uh, Jared uh, from uh, Anakin Innovator, he described us. He was like, yeah, working with y'all, man. He was like, Arrow... He's a show pony, but you're a racehorse. I was like, like, dude, that is so fucking. I'm like, that's that's our dynamic. Yeah, that's that's our dynamic. That is our dynamic. Like Arrow, like he's gonna show up. He's gonna be dressed to the fucking nines. Like he's gonna have the hat. Like you know, just you know. And that was the thing I will say. I I know, just I picked up from you, just kind of you know going out on tour and just watching you. You know, everywhere you go, you always look like Eric Robeson. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You are always like dressed to the nines. It's always if 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 we at damn Chick-fil-A, you know what I'm saying, a show can break out, I'm gonna be ready to give a show. And um, you know, and that was just something that was always you. With me, I'm just like, look, I'm showing up the day of the race. Show me who ass I'm beating. I'm running my race, I'm beating y'all niggas ass, and I'm going home. I'm not staying after for autographs. I don't want to talk about the race. Like, I don't want to po- – I did my job. You know what I mean? But you, <laughs> so, but you know what's funny? Even talking about that, they, our shows, you're absolutely right. I got a hat on, a suit, a blazer at least, or something like that, and you have on a black hoodie, and it worked. <laughs> it worked. Right. It wasn't like, well, why he got a suit on? He got a hoodie. It it actually – no, when you see the pictures, it works. It nah, that's like, us. It, but it's like that's that might be the that might be the next album is like you know, <laughs> the, the show pony and the racehorse. First of all, I do take offense. I gotta be a daggone pony. You know what I'm saying? Right, I mean, hey, what's, what's on Jared? <laughs> right, right, right. Why can't I be a thoroughbred or some shit? Put some dead. respect on my name. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think it's show pony. If that's what I need to be, I, I'll be it. But 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 once again, you talking about two, you know, three because Anakin Invader is actually a three three man yes, production yeah, group. Absolutely. Um. Solid brothers, man. Solid, solid brothers. Life changing, man. Once again, you know, I we can go on here and talk about so many amazing people we talk about, and we're gonna miss so many names. And I apologize because I work with so many great people, but definitely, you know, meeting those guys, I it has has it's definitely made me better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely made me better. Likewise, Same and uh, um, it really dope. Yeah. Lastly, man, I wanted to um just touch on because this is something that me and you we talk about, you know, from time to time, but just like you know, just for our listeners, 
just man, I just wanted to talk about just, you know, how you balance just like, I mean, you have three boys, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I have two boys. My boys, I mean, they're, you know, older now. My boys are 21 and 16. So, yeah. Know, they, but, um, but you have like, you know, young kids. And, uh, I just wanted to, you know, talk to you about like, how do you, you know, balance, you know, being in business for yourself and, you know, being a husband, being a, a father and, and, and not just being a husband and father and just like, I just pay for shit and, you know, go to my, to the basement, but, you know, actually being present you know, in, you know, being present for your family in that way. Um, how do you manage that? You know, first, you know, it's funny. I, my whole theory on balance is different, right? Like the fact there's like, I don't, there's, there is no balance, right? <laughs> right. It's like, how do you balance it? Right. For me, mm-hmm. I, we talk about the word process, right? So I practice this thing called process over product. Like everything is, is connected to the process. This very conversation we have right now, I can't worry about how many listeners will have or how in tune will people be or was it a great interview or whatever. I can just be that, yo, I'm talking to my brother and how connected can I be in this conversation? Same way as songwriting, you know, it's probably strengthened through songwriting, strengthened through music. Every time I sit down to write a song, I can't think about the last song. I can't think about the successes or the failures. I can only think about what I'm doing. Yo, bro, that's so crazy. You say that. That's the same thing. Like I take that. It was like my football coach in high school. He was like, you know, look, you got to have a bad memory. He's like, you talk about quarterbacks. He was like quarterback. You got to have a bad memory to be a quarterback. You know what I'm saying? If you can't think about, if you fumbled on, on second down, Hey, look, bro, that shit over with. You know, you this you got another down. You but know? you also can't think about the touchdown. You can't right, think about right. it. You can't think about <laughs> either of it. You got to think about the play you're doing and just put all the confidence that it will work out, whether it will or will not. That's product, mm-hmm. right? Because that's the only play you got. It's the only play you got. This very second right now, this minute we talking right now, this is this is the only minute, <laughs> right? We The next minute ain't guaranteed in any form or fashion. <laughs> so why not just trust this minute that we in right now, right? Like enjoy the 60 seconds. So... For me now, process over product transfers to different things. That how do I practice process over product with my marriage? How do I practice process and product over product in my as a parent, as with my friendships and whatever? So guess what? I mean, really, with our tour schedule, with our teaching schedule, with our studio schedule, with all that stuff like that. I mean, I respectfully can say that there's not enough time to to be the best friend to every friend I have to really be the best father, the best husband. I'm going to try my best to be that. What it is, is really how connected can I be with you in the time that we have, right? So if I only have an hour in the studio, can I get lost in the studio for 59 minutes? I can't walk in the studio going, damn, I only got an hour. Wow, I have no time. It's like, no, I'm going to kill this hour I got in here. And the same same thing was I go upstairs and I know I'm leaving on Friday, but you know, I can play with the kids all day today. Let's just get lost. Like how, how much can I, I can't worry if you're going to be a doctor or this and that, this and that. Um, what's crazy, literally from this pocket, just before I came in to do this podcast, um, my kids are on spring break and I was like, man, today, today's busy. Right. And then Wednesday's mm-hmm. busy. And this, I, I looked at the schedule. So yesterday, like I was just telling my wife, I said, I'm just taking the kids. We're going to Poconos. So <laughs> I just grabbed them, threw them in the car, and we just balled out for like 24 hours. Just went to a, went to a water park and just kids stayed up to like four o'clock in the morning. Got up, That's got so went crazy. back in the water, literally got out the water, put clothes on, and drove back here just to get on this microphone and talk talk with you. And it's like, yo, guess what? We only had 24 hours, but guess what? We just gonna ball out for 24 hours and that's balance is how much can you be in tune with what time you have 
right? So if- yeah, I, nah, I, I, no, I, I completely relate to that. I, I kind of look at it like you know, t- to your point. When people think of balance, they think of just like, oh, I have the exact amount of time to do this and the exact amount of time to do. This. To me, in, in my career, balance has always kind of been more so an oscillation between two extremes right mm-hmm. so like when i'm locked in the studio like like when we was tigolero right it's like okay i'm locked in i just have to it's, it's the word that just comes to my mind always is just surrender like yeah i just have to just surrender it's like bro this is not gonna make no sense i'm about to be up for like you know 36 hours i'm about to like my sleep schedule about to be shit i'm about to eat like shit for like a month like you just know it's just like there's no right like if you try to make sense of this shit you're lost so you just got to give in but then once the record is done and once the work is done now for the next you know month for the next two months i'm just playing ps5 and that's it you know what i mean exactly so you kind of have those you know those kind of two extremes and that has been the closest i've been able you know to get to balance you know that makes you know the most sense for my life but i've always been curious as to how you you manage it with all the things you have going on what, I, what i'll tell you is that music and i say art in general is the most selfish thing i've ever seen in my life music wants mm. everything out of you it wants to pull Bruh. everything it wants all your time in a moment that like and it will test you in every oh my way God. like <laughs> you, you already know you, we, we had this, guess what the Bruh. biggest the biggest show offer you're gonna have every year is your kids on your kid's birthday the big, you know, a promoter's gonna call you with that bag of bags. It's gonna be on your kid's birthday, on your anniversary, you know, or some on shit. Your like anniversary, just, right, right, right. You know, it's like you know, our wives already accept Valentine's Day. Go get that money. Go get that. Right, 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 right. But like, why does the show always have to land on their birthday, right? Yeah. Or, or Christmas Eve, like, New Year's Eve, like any of those. Yeah. yeah, it's like, but that's the you test. Like, are you gonna take it? Are you gonna take the show? Are you, you know what I mean? And it's like, but that's that's this that's this craft. And it and like, as soon as I'm supposed to turn the equipment off and go upstairs and kind of check in, here's the next Bruh. idea pops in your head. And you're like, oh my god, that's a crazy idea. And then you turn the equipment. So it's like, it is the most. But you know, because like, it's elusive. Like I think, like when you, you know, when you say like, because I, bro, I feel you. Like when you' about to go to bed. And, you know, Quincy Jones is like, we, he talked, we had him on the show like years ago and he was talking about just kind of that alpha state, you know, where he, he calls the alpha state when your mind is just, you know, it's three, four in the yeah. morning and you're not thinking, you're just yep. doing, you're just doing. existing. And so it's like, you know, that four in the morning where you have that time and it's like, man, I really know, I know I got to get up and be in the carpool line in three hours, but... <laughs> If I go to sleep, I could lose this moment and I'll never be able to recapture it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just, it's that elusive thing that you're chasing. And so when you catch it, it's just like, yeah, it's like catching a fucking shooting star. You're like, man, I just got to hold on to this. You know what I mean? And keep some of this magic for myself. So you know, I'm going to tell you what's interesting. This is what I, I, I said, my whole view on creativity is different now. And I'm one now where I can... I can turn the equipment off in that moment, right? And it's more because I'm at the realization now, and I feel like, truth be told, and I say this before I even say this statement, I feel like my pen is stronger than ever right now, right? I 100%. feel like it's just yeah. my connection, whatever. But creativity is often some, it, we treat it like a best friend we don't deserve, right? Hmm. So in a moment where we should turn the equipment off and go upstairs, it's like when it shows up, we're like, oh my God, you showed up. 
the hell with my wife. Hell with my kid. <laughs> right, 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 right. Come, come, creativity. Come, come on in. Come on in. Have a seat. Have a seat. What you got to tell me? What you got to tell me? You know? And that's how yeah. I was like, I was probably that way for like the 75% of my life. Like I would, I would leave the Christmas table. I would leave in the middle of making love. Wow. Wow. The idea, idea pops in like, you know, softest lips. I can say now, like softest lips happened. Like the song, the idea of the song happened while kissing somebody. And I stopped. Wow. I remember like I stopped doing what I was doing to write the song, you know, and I've never so, been that devoted, Eric Rosen. No, come on, you have been that devoted. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I watched you be that devoted, you know, but, but what happens is like, yo, but we have to realize that creativity needs us just like it needs, it, we, we need it. And like Quincy Jones was so worried over what, what, what was it? Was it Michael Jackson? Prince said he couldn't leave the creativity alone because he was worried they would go visit Michael Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. So we, oh, yeah. Like, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied with now telling creativity, I'm busy right now. Can you come back? That sounds crazy. Mm. That sounds crazy. But it's almost the same thing of like, if you it's call, confidence. It sounds it sounds like confidence. But it's, it's not it, just you know. confidence. It's it's trust, right? So it's it's. Like, I give you the analogy of this. If you call me and I was like, let's say I'm in the middle of just like a super game with my kids right now, and you call me, it's like, yo, I need to rap with you a minute. I was like, yo, all right, hold up. Um, give me two seconds. I'm in this mm-hmm. crazy battle with my kids and this that we having fun, whatever, whatever. Or we in the pool. Let's say we in the pool. Matter of fact, give me a couple hours. I'm gonna call you back. You know what I mean? You're like, cool, cool. And then we I'm in the pool or whatever, whatever. And I call you back three hours later. And I'm like, yo, so what's up? And you're like, man, I can't even remember what I was, what I was calling you about. <laughs> right, right? right. But I was like, oh, that's cool. What you up to? Now, first of all, just knowing you and we friends and we have talked, we've chopped it up. We've had deep, deep conversations mm-hmm. because of who we are for each other. That next conversation might not be what you initially called what me about. One hundred percent, it'll be some be. whole it's other. It's still going to be great. Mm-hmm. See, the problem is we go into it like the quarterback still thinking about the last touchdown, or the last interception. So I'm so worried about like, ah, oh, can you remember what you was going to tell me? I can't lose it. I can't <laughs> lose it. That we're not being natural. We're not treating creativity like it really. It just wants to be invited. It just want to kick it. You know what I mean? So it's like allow creativity to show up and be what it's going to be. And guess what? Sometimes it's going, we already know, listen, sometimes it's going to be great. Sometimes it's not. How many times have we written a song and thought it was, this is the one I'm buying my Bentley. I'm paying off the mm-hmm. house. And it's by my mama house. All day. Right. It's and it's straight crickets, right? Off the f- most fire thing you thought you ever did. And it's c- straight crickets. And then here's this one. And then thing. the one little thing you did on your phone, you put on up on your IG phone, and wake up the next morning and that shit is out of here. Nothing of it. And now that you, this is the joint <laughs> that now you got to tour for two years. You can't never get off stage without singing. You know what I'm saying? So, so why are we prejudging creativity at the end of the day when it shows up and you have time for it, then treat it, treat it like it's supposed to be. And if you don't, then, then put the time in other, in other areas and, and going back to even the balance thing, my wife has to feel seen sometimes more than 100%. music. She has to feel like I chose music over her sometimes. My kids as well. My kids have have literally been raised watching me in the studio. And sometimes they have to see me turn the equipment off for them. You yeah. know what I mean? So, so they, they, have to, they have to see that. So you have to be that. And I have to trust that, like, I feel like my music's gotten better the more I've been like, nah, let me live. Oh man, because you got if you don't live, you ain't gonna have shit to write about. You know, like, what am I gonna sing about? Yeah, and it was you know, and for me, it was you know, when I, with your boys, you know, your boys are really young. You know what I'm saying? And for me, you know, my boy, I had you know kids like super young, and so 
it kind of worked out in a good way because when I was, when they were young and, you know, they, you know, they really just wanted to be around their mama all the time. <laughs> so I was touring <laughs> and stuff, you know I mean? I was out really getting it. But then by the time they got the teenage years, that was when, you know, I kind of transitioned into FE, like we started our label. So I could actually be around for those years with like, they really, it's like, okay, no, we need dad. Like, yeah. you know, it's, you know what I'm saying? So it, it kind of worked out for me in that way. And I was I thankful to have that, but, um, but nah, man, that is, uh, that is really sage advice. I, the, the equipment for me, what has been my life saver, like that has saved me, you know, from stand up to the crack of dawn has been just having voice notes. Like I have, yeah. I have, a nigga, I have Emancipation triple disc albums <laughs> on my voice though, because I just have to just get it down. And if I can just get that down, I'll know to come back to it. But I have to have just some kind of bookmark, and then I can cut the equipment off. But um, my, yeah. you know, our voice notes. If we dare shit, it's probably my biggest prized possession, as well as just the notes in my phone. Well, I tell you, I, I don't write in the studio, but I'm always writing. Like, I'm Facts. always writing. Same like here. always staying, staying in shape, because I think. Really, we're just trying to find the inspiration. Like we know how to write songs, so now I'm I'm just constantly collecting things that take my breath away. You, somebody says a statement, I go, "Oh my god, that's that's crazy!" Right? I'll just document it somewhere, see something, and like, how do I transfer that into words? So I mean, yeah, it's like it's endless. It's endless. Just collections, and some of it I use and pull from and whatever. But yeah, we are constantly we're constantly able to collect. But that does help. Like the fact that we can document a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but then for me, like when I go in the studio, it's like how how like I said, like how locked in can I be? You know, and and then trust the product will work out. Like, you know, trust the product that it that it that it'll take care of. If I, if I stay focused on the process, the product will work itself out. I love it, man. Well, listen, Arrow, bro, man, this has been, you know, long time coming. Uh, I guess the conversation we need to have, I didn't think we'd be having it in front of thousands of strangers <laughs> on the fucking internet. But right. <laughs> but nonetheless, but uh, but nah, seriously, man, I, I just, um, you know, I've told you this, you know, time and time again, but um, I just really just want to just thank you, you know what I mean, for just really uh, just showing up in, in my life and in my career in a way that really you know, for me, just showed me the importance of mentorship, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. you know, you really, um, just everything from the business to, like, the show presentation, because, I mean, I was, like, I'm straight rap, dude, so <laughs> going into R&B, I had no fucking clue what that was. I'm like, yo, what what is that, you know? And um, you definitely were a, a, a huge, you know, mentor and, and model and just, um, you know, big homie in the whole nine, man. And, um, you know, my my career would not be where it was, where it is, you know, without just your influence and just your guidance and just taking time just to holler at me whenever I had questions and just put me up on game. So, um, nah, man, this conversation was a dream come true, brother. And I just wanted, you know, the world to hear this, you know, and just to hear your journey and, you know, really just, you know, give you that respect, man. 21 years doing this shit independently, bro. Hey, this shit would break big niggas with muscles. Like, <laughs> this, shit, this shit ain't sweet, bro. So, what? nah, man, I just want to just give you your flowers. Just thank I, you. I love you, I man. appreciate it, man. Yeah. You know, it's been an honor and a pleasure. It's been an honor and a pleasure to watch your dream consistently come true. You know what I mean? I think one of the pleasures that I've had is watch a lot of people's dreams come true. And you, by all, by all, not only being one of the most prolific people I know, one of the greatest voices I know. So the voice being utilized so much, in so many man. different ways. I, I can't tell you how proud I was just, just, 
when you joined when this Quest Love Supreme and you were on it. I was like, yo, this first of all, you also are the most knowledgeable. I always say this. I, not, you're not hearing this for the first time. I've never ever told you of a record or a producer or a song that you did not know of already. <laughs> not one time have I ever. Yo, yo, it was what? Yo, it was one time you got me, and it was a big one too. It was the night we went. The night we did uh, "Been in Love," bro. I don't even know if I told you this. You were the first person to put me on to Todd Rundgren. Wow. Wow. Yeah, like he was one of those artists I always saw his name and like I would see him. I knew his who he's associated with, but I didn't really know. And so then I think you played me, I saw the light. And I was like, oh my God, that's Todd Runger. Like I've been hearing that song forever. <laughs> wow. And you put okay. me on like the all well, we ran through the something anything album. That's one time. <laughs> that's one. Like the entire I'm like, this joint from 1972. B side, this record, you're like, oh, that's such and such. And that's what's the name playing the cello on it. No, that's killing. I'm like, ah, oh my God. Here's this new indie artist I met for the Bay Area, they're killing. They're just, they selling independent uh, records in the flea market. Oh, yeah, that's such and such, such. Yeah, I got that record. Man, want me to link you up? I'm I got like, you. Oh my, how do you know all of this stuff is, is really mind blowing, man? I'm going to just say this, and I got to say, you know, first of all, you know, you're my brother, and I love you, love you, love Always, you. Always, man, for real. You are so true to your art. You are so true to your craft, to your friendship, and to who the person, that, who you are. You know, it's so funny. You are the first person, like, to curse in front of my mom, and she didn't even, <laughs> like, hesitate. What? Like, you know, like, you know, you, you know listen. You know, you are a cursor, right? It is, it is, it is fine. It's, it's it part happens of from MO. time to time. <laughs> it's part of your mo. So you and like, you know, at that time, my studio was in my parents' house, right? So when we did better yeah. love with my parents, and just even when we were at my dad, it wasn't like, oh, this is how he talked to me, and then this is how he talks to my mom and dad. It was like, no, this is how he talks, and whoever's around <laughs> is going to accept this and love him. And my parents loved you. It wasn't like, who this guy you brought in our house to this party? It was like, no, we love Fonte. Bring him as many times as he wants. But it was like, it was. I remember watching like the dynamic, you talking to like my parents, and it was still the same way. It was like the MFs and the N-word, like, it was all in there. And I was like, yo, he really, that's how he really, he really fired off. But it was, but guess what? It was like genuine. There's love and there's like a genuineness behind it. It ain't like I'm shock value, whatever. Like, yo, you just a true brother. You like for real, like for real, for real. Anyone who knows, you know, you're just a true brother. And it's like just mad. I got mad respect for you. You already know, like, Likewise, you already man. know anytime you call, like, yo, I need you to break dance in this video or like <laughs> sing this melody or this joint on this, like just sing the background vocals on the joint. You know, I'm like, all right, let's, let's do it, man. You know, and likewise too. And everybody has a tickle arrow too. They're like, when y'all doing it yet? Like, we're gonna do it again. I'm. I'm definitely. I. I. No, I would down. certainly love to do another one. You know, it's just. Hopefully, we can do it at a time where like people ain't dying and you having kids and right. Like yeah. you know, we have more order in our life this time around. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Right. I'm looking forward to it, but I just need to let you know, man. I appreciate you having me on, and I, I love you, brother, and look forward to doing more with you. Love you too, bro. For real, man. Well, listen. Uh, on behalf of uh, Unpaid Bills, Sugar Steve. Amir, Oscar winning Amir, my work wife, Laia. This has been Quest Love Supreme. I'm not Quest Love. Uh, I'm Fontigolo. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> nah, man, thank y'all so much for tuning in. We'll catch y'all on the next go round. Tap in with Eric Robeson's The Album Lessons out right now on our platforms. Go get it. And, um, yeah, we'll catch y'all on the next one.
Much Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift. And danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime Annual Plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.